Well, Christmas cookies are in the oven here at the North Quail Motel. Pine candles are burning. There is a fire in the fireplace. There's absolutely not a more festive place to be than right here. And I couldn't be happier to welcome you, even if it is just with your ears for the time being and not your physical presence. But I tell you what, gang, a lot of us this time of year are thinking about our skin. We all want our skin to look good, feel good. We want to be brightly shining as much as possible from head to toe. And my special guest this week is the perfect person to help us in these endeavors. Her name is Christy Watson, and she is a dermatologist in the Deaconess System in Henderson. And interestingly enough, she began her career as an emergency room nurse. So what inspired her to make the transition into dermatology and ultimately return to school to earn nurse practitioner status? Well, we'll find out and we'll also learn about some of the many ways Christy can help us to care for our precious skin. It is an organ that we certainly can't be taking for granted. So open your ears and open your mind to this episode of Blabbing in the Bluegrass. It is the last episode of Season 6 and the last episode of 2022, and it's coming at you now. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Hickman to Hickory, Harden to Harlan, we absolutely fit the Commonwealth just like a glove, if not better. Not trying to toot our horn or anything, but we try to prove it to you each and every week, right here and only here on Blabbit in the Bluegrass as we thoughtfully and wholeheartedly explore and celebrate all things Kentucky. With me, Sam Moore, here at the top notch, truly first-rate North Quail Motel in beautiful Henderson, KY. Couldn't be happier to feature another healthcare hero on the show this week. Like we told you, she is Christy Watson, and she is a dermatologist in the Deaconess Health System in Henderson. Now, most, if not all of us, have had at least some issues with our skin in the past. If not, we're bound to in the future, as much as I hate to say it. And although we may have visited a dermatologist at some point in time or another, we may not necessarily be familiar with all of the uh, services that those professionals provide. So that's why I decided to bring Christy on with us today. And you know, not only do we want our skin to look good, feel good, but we also want to avoid the skin cancers if we can help it because those are a no picnic and in some cases they can be life-threatening. But Christy is here to help us to diagnose those and resolve those. And we'll talk about the most common cancers that, uh, that she sees. And we'll also talk about ways that she can help to uh, prevent acne and hair loss and other just pesky problems 
that's a haunt a lot of us on a regular basis. So you keep it right where you've got it. We're going to have fun, and we're going to have a whole heck of a lot of fun learning with Christy Watson in mere, mere moments. But first, I have another bluegrass brain buster for you. The goal is to do one of these every week. So we're going to give you the question right here, right now. You can think on it while me and Christy are blabbing, and we will give you the answer in the program's final segment. So Christmas is coming up. we got to have a Christmas question, right? A lot of us get in the spirit with parades, and I would like to know which Kentucky city annually hosts the Commonwealth's earliest and largest Christmas parade. Again, I want to know which city in Kentucky annually hosts the state's earliest and largest Christmas parade. You think on that, reflect on your history of visiting parades across the Commonwealth while you listen to me and Christy, and we will give you the answer at the conclusion of the show. Sam Moore now presents a kind and courageous healthcare hero. Most, if not all of us, have occasional trouble with our skin, and it's good to know that when we do, we have folks like our special guest this week to talk to, and oddly enough, she started her career as an emergency room nurse and eventually transitioned over to becoming a dermatologist. So uh, what inspired her to do so? How did she find her initial interest in the healthcare profession, and how might she advise others who uh, are perhaps considering treading that water in the not-too-distant future. Well, here to answer these as well as many other burning questions is none other than another healthcare hero. This is, I think, the fourth or uh, maybe, well, I think third or fourth that we've done here on this show so far, but uh, definitely worthy of our time and attention. Let's hear it for Christy Watson. Hello, guys. Hello, hello. You are Coming to us from here in Henderson, you are from Union County originally. We'll try not to hold that against you. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, how long have you? Uh, how long have you been a dermatologist, Christy? Um, I completed my nurse practitioner uh, in September of 2020, and I got hired on with Deaconess Dermatology. I uh, started my training the end of September of 2020 with Dr. Davis at the downtown clinic in Evansville. Okay, so uh, we're we're right about two years now, if not a little over. Right. Your feet are definitely wet and then some. Well, we're sure glad you're here to shed a little light on your experience with us. Now, uh, Christy, when and how did uh, you come to the realization in your young life, that the medical profession was where you belong? You know, thinking about that question, I think back to even in early elementary, I always loved the medical side of things. And as I got a little bit older, I had an aunt who worked in labor and delivery, and I loved hearing her stories. And I thought, you know, maybe becoming a nurse is what I'm meant to be. And so probably around the age of, I would say 10 or 11, um, I really turned that into a passion and I knew that that's what I wanted to do after school. So when I would go to college and that's what I wanted my career to be was, was something in the medical field, but I always felt like nursing was kind of my calling at a young that's age. That's cool. So you had a, uh, 
you had an aunt who worked in labor and delivery. You didn't have any doctors in the family, did you? No, no, okay. no doctors, just the aunt. Mm -hmm. I got you. Well, and, you had, and you're not a doctor yet, but you know, never say never. It might happen, Christy. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's saying that's an awful lot there, Sam. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but you know, all that training and, uh, you know, healthcare experience really comes in handy for um, your kiddos when they get sick, because I know you've got two young ones. How how young are they, Christy? Um, I have one. Um, her name oh, is Camden. Yep, she's nine years old, going on 19. Nine-year-old Camden. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, she, yes. So if it were up to her, she'd skip 10 years. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody thinks they're smarter than they really are at that age. Not that I Oh, did, yes. But, uh, oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't either. But uh, anyway, yeah, for some reason, I thought you had to. But one is um, more than enough most days, I'm sure. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> did you ever shadow um, your aunt back in the day by chance? No, I sure didn't. I would have loved to, but but I never got the chance. Yeah, I know that, you know, as a, as a real young pup, that probably would have been frowned upon but but it, probably. <laughs> at least you got to hear the stories and yes, you got to sort of yes. live um live vicariously through her shall we say but right. uh anyway uh talk if you would about the uh collegiate education that equipped you to excel in your endeavors along with the job training that you received while in school christy okay so i graduated nursing school I went to um, Henderson Community College, graduated in 1999, um, went back for my bachelor's in 2014, and then I got my master's in 2020. So, of course, during that time, um, I was a registered nurse in the emergency department here in Henderson. So, um, that was lots of kind of on-the-job training, um, I would say. And then probably around 2018, um, some of my other coworkers were thinking about going back to school to get their master's in nurse practitioner. And I thought, you know what, that would be good support system. We work together now so we can help each other through it. So I think May of 2018 is when we decided to start the program together. There you go. So, so several of you basically made that decision as a group. <laughs> we did. Yeah, there were, yeah, there were three of us within that department. Um, and then two two other females that I had worked with previous in the ER, they they were already going through it. They were a semester ahead. So See, there were well, that, five of us total that were friends. That worked out quite nicely. You were friends and you were able to support each other. You studied together, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Lots of support systems going on there. I'm telling you, <laughs> we can't do anything worth doing alone in life, can we? That's right. That's <laughs> right. I needed those ladies. To help me through it. Absolutely. So uh, 99 is when you got the first degree from the community college, the associates, and then your bachelor's yes. and master's both came from USI, correct? Uh, my bachelor's was USI, and then my master's was Walden University. Walden University. Okay. So mm -hmm. so I'm guessing the vast majority of that would have been online. Online. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. Made, it, made it a little bit harder, actually, in, in my opinion, anyway. Now, I should know this, but where is Walden University? 
It's out of Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Okay. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I knew that sounded familiar, but didn't know where it was. You never, uh, you never actually had to set foot in Minneapolis though, did you? No, no, I did not. Okay. I know that really broke your heart, but oh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nothing against you folks in Minneapolis. There's, there's the mall of America up there. And I know Christy right, loved to right. shop up there, but uh <laughs> but anyway, so that was that was good training, and you began in the emergency room more like around the time you were working on your your bachelor's. Yes, yes. Ah, gotcha. Well, that uh, that worked out well then. Although I'm sure it was, you know, a royal pain at times trying to mix school and work, and you probably weren't sleeping much during that time frame. <laughs> no, no, not much, not <laughs> much. Yeah, like, but, like you said, just kind of getting my feet wet, you know, being, being a young nurse. It was, you know, scary at times. It was exciting every day. There was always something different working in the emergency room. Yeah. Now, uh, now I'm sure that you probably worked a variety of different shifts yes. as an ER nurse too, didn't you? Oh, yes. And you know, typically when you first start out as a brand new nurse, you know, you get the, um, the not so lovely shifts, which were night shifts. So there were several months of working 7P to 7A. Yes. Um, but, you know, typically it's a lot quieter on night shift, even in the emergency room. Um, but I'm just not a very good sleeper during the day when the whole world is up and awake. So that was, it was hard for me. Um, I would be okay. I would go into work at seven at night, but by like one or two in the morning, I would start feeling almost nauseous. Just like I've got to rest. This shift just is not for me. So luckily. Give me some coffee. <laughs> yes. Coffee, food, you know, it was, yeah, it was hard. So, so thankfully I only had to do that for a few months before a day shift job opened up and I immediately took that one for sure. There you go. So you, yeah, yeah. So, so you made seven p to seven a work, but you got off first chance you got and switched. To, oh, absolutely. I mean, more power, shift, more but... power to the people that can work night shift. It is just not for me. Yeah, um, <laughs> I had an aunt, Christy, who used to um, check people into ER at, uh, at at third shift back in the day, and she said they had to get real creative sometimes to to keep themselves entertained at those hours because, like you yes. said, it. It wasn't always busy. I think she said uh, sometimes they tossed water balloons. Did y'all ever toss water balloons? Um, I plead the fifth on that. <laughs> you know, I, you know, we may or may not have thrown your know, marshmallows and blown up the gloves and played volleyball at the nurses' station. That may or may not have ever happened. <laughs> you know, you just don't want to confirm or deny it, do you? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> well, you know, you just don't. You don't want to go to sleep in there. So, oh, no. yeah, yeah. So, gotta, like you, say, you have to get creative. Exactly. You got to stay awake somehow when the when the patients aren't flowing in. But anyhow, uh, prior to becoming a dermatologist, um, you know, you worked in ER like we've uh, been discussing. And how long exactly were you in ER there, Christy? 18 years. 18 years. So <laughs> needless to say, by the time you got out of there, you were a seasoned veteran of the ER. But uh, anyway, it's it's certainly not for everybody. So, um, what uh, what initially drew you to uh, this line of work within the uh, realm of healthcare? Um, like I said, I knew I wanted to to be a nurse, and when I first got out of nursing school, it was hard to find like a specialty. So, um, cause I really wanted to maybe do nursery labor delivery, but there were no openings and I had two friends 
that were nurses in the emergency room and they said, oh, come work with us. You know, it, it's exciting. It's something different every day. And I was terrified because I had seen those shows about emergency rooms and I was terrified. And they said, no, 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 it's not that bad. You know, you have to get in the mindset of, they kind of put it as you treat them and street them. Treat them or and you, street them. I like yeah, that. or you stabilize them enough to then send them elsewhere for care, you know, to a floor or to a different hospital. So I thought, you know, that's, that's true. That's, that's interesting. Let, let me just, you know, I'll apply and let me just come down there and kind of see if I like it. And by my second shift, I was totally hooked, totally hooked. So it was meant to be. You were probably scared by shows like ER and things, you know, they, they kind of overplay things a lot of times I know. But. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> but yes. you know, I guess that's uh, one of the main reasons why ER drew such great ratings all those years. And that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that is but true. it is, uh, it is pretty misleading. Now um, in any occupation, it's um uh, practically essential, Christy, to work with and learn from uh, seasoned professionals in our surroundings. So uh, talk to me about the mentors who provided you with guidance, direction, and uh, encouragement early in your medical career. Oh, gosh. I had a lot of, of friends that even I had gone through like elementary and high school with that worked at this hospital. And Fellow even Union couple- Countyans. That's right. That's right. Even a couple of those worked with me in the emergency room. So they always supported me. Um, there was a physician um, that had only been there a couple years when I started, and it was Dr. Lee Newberry. And he is still oh. practicing today, but he was a phenomenal physician and really kind of took me under his wing because he said, you know, you have that spark. I see it in you. And we enjoyed working together. He kind of pushed me to you know, even go back to get my bachelor's. Um, There was a particular nurse that outside of healthcare, I was um, newly friends with. And believe it or not, um, her name is Shannon Onstott and she lives here in Henderson. So I worked with her in the emergency room for years. And then she left because she became a nurse practitioner and she has been a nurse practitioner for almost five years with Deaconess Dermatology. So oh, so y'all are in the I same got, system anyhow. Yes, yes, same place. <laughs> because she was the one that reached out to me and said, hey, you know, Dr. Davis is looking for a nurse practitioner. I think you would really like it. Why don't you just come shadow with me, shadow with Dr. Davis and, you know, see how you like it. So she's actually been a huge asset in my nursing career you know, not only as just a friend, but also a mentor. I mean, she's really helped me not only learn the emergency room medicine side of things, but now she's also helping me with the dermatology side of things. So she's been my number one friend and supporter through this for sure. How about that? So you're even in the same building, so you can even vent and cry on each other's shoulders exactly. some days when it gets real rough. But Exactly. <laughs> but yes, anyway, exactly. So, so shout out to Shannon Onstead. Did I pronounce that right? Or is it on start? On start. Okay. Yeah. On start. And then uh, Lee Newberry, that name doesn't ring a bell. Is he still, is he, is he still here in Henderson? Yes. Yes. Okay. So he still, he still practices here in town. Well, <laughs> shout out to him as well. Now, That's um, right. 
like any job one could ever do, Christy, serving as an ER nurse uh, undoubtedly had its uh, notable pros and cons. And uh, we briefly touched on this a, a little bit ago, but take us through the uh, the most rewarding aspects of your time in this capacity, along with um, some of the harsh realities and challenges you encountered in this position. Well, I mean, I definitely have to go with, you know, saving lives. I mean, in the blink of an eye, you could have two or three patients coming in, you know, this one can't breathe, this one's having a heart attack, or this one's coming in by ambulance that is not breathing, you know, no heart rate. So you have to switch gears so quickly and just be on your game at every second of your shift. Like I said, it, it's it's so challenging. It's so exciting, but it's also exhausting because once you, you know, save that life, you know, you're on this high and you're just like, we did such a great, you know, great job as a team. And then you have to kind of bring it down a notch because your next patient is just, you know, really really sick or in a lot of pain. So you have to kind of bring it down a notch and get back on their level, you know, to go take care of them. Sure. You know, so on, on one hand, it was, it was exciting, you know, and you felt like you did such a good job saving lives. But then on the flip side of that, when that life wasn't saved and it didn't go the way you wanted to, you know, you also had to give yourself time to kind of absorb everything and, kind of decompress a little bit before you walked right into that very next room right next door to help take care of somebody with a broken ankle you know yeah. you couldn't let them know what you had just been through in the very next room yeah that's true that might have been a little much for them to hear <laughs> right right I mean and it, you know and it's a small emergency room here so even if the doors are shut you can still kind of hear what's going on elsewhere in the department that's true but, you overhear things Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we always had to be careful with that too. Um, but yeah, that, that was very rewarding and, and, and challenging and, and hard just to, you know, make sure you're, you're helping everybody in the right way. Yeah. That's but, the best way to put it. But like you said, knowing that you're saving people's lives, there's, there's almost nothing more gratifying, is there? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, you know, on the other hand, when you have another patient who you're trying to save their life and you do, you know, most of the same stuff you did for this other patient and you save them, but yet it's not working for this patient. It's so, you know, it's frustrating and it just, it, it puts everybody just down in the whole department. You know, sometimes it's really hard you know, yeah. and, and especially it's a small community. So a lot of times we would know this patient, you know, yeah. or we would know somebody in the family or it was, a, it was a kid or a baby. And, you know, that was always the hardest when they were kids. That oh, was I know. And, the and their parents are, you know, teary eyed and all worried. And I know that's hard to, th yeah. that's hard to uh, shoulder as well sometimes too, but, but I can see where that could be uh frustrating you know you're asking yourself in some cases why didn't this work as well for george as it did for fred you know, exactly <laughs> you're exactly right exactly you know, cause, right because everybody's different but uh but right. anyhow you mentioned those um uh, those phases when it got really hectic and that's that's one thing people should know that even though you have your your down times maybe especially at night in er you know you could be um twiddling your thumbs one hour and then an hour later boom, 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 you get one case after another. So, you know, right. That's yeah. And that's, that's how the ER works. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no, uh, there's no warm up, shall we say? It's just one exactly. extreme to yeah. the other. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to put it. 
So, exactly. you, you know, you just always got to be on your toes. And so you, um, you know, eventually went back, got your um, master's from Baldwin, Walden University. Or Walden, yeah, there we go. Walden. Up in, uh, which mm -hmm. um, is uh, stationed in Minneapolis, although you never went. Did it take you, um, did it take you a couple years to complete It took that? about two and a half. Yeah, about, about two, two and, and a half. half. Yeah. Gotcha. And I'd say your main encouragement uh, for that, it sounds like, would be, um, you know, your your teammates, your co-workers, because a bunch of you, well, three of you decided to do it together. Yeah. Yeah. And of yeah. course, our manager at that time in the emergency room, he was like, I'm so proud of you guys for furthering your education. But that just means you're all going to be leaving me about the same time in a couple of years, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. 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 It, it all it, it all comes with the territory. He's got to take the good with the bad. But... Right. Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but anyway, at least he was uh, at least he was proud of you. And you, uh, you know, you kept working in the ER while you were uh pursuing your master so another you know another phase where sleep was probably <laughs> few and far between at times yes yeah it was hard working full-time plus going to school because we had to do a certain amount of hours per week of clinicals so where we actually went to you know a clinic or a different hospital and you know shadowed with a nurse practitioner uh, we had to do that each semester so yeah working full-time you know having a family and a kiddo it was yeah. it was hard. It was hard. And helping Camden with her homework. But, uh, yes, yes. Because I but, realize how little I know about this new way of doing math for these. All that kids I now. hear that all the time. It's like you know I can get you to the answer, but the way you get there is different than the way I got there. Totally <laughs> different. Totally different. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, you better. Uh, you better have a yeah. tutor help you with that one, honey. Yes. I'm like, go ask your father because I'm so confused here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, did um, did you do pretty much all your shadowing in Henderson or maybe Evansville? I was lucky enough to do about 95% of it in Henderson. Yeah, I was really lucky. Okay. And the other 5%, I'm sure, was regional. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all within reasonable driving distance. Yes. But uh, goodness. <laughs> anyway, yes, indeed. Now, although uh, many of us, Christy, have probably visited a dermatologist at least a few times, um, we may not be entirely familiar with the specializations of these experts. So why don't you enlighten us on your primary objectives as a dermatologist along with your most common areas of concentration sure well you know it, it's funny when i was doing my training with dr davis i was amazed even for myself i'm thinking i never thought that people go to a dermatologist for a skin checkup i thought you go to a dermatologist only for having a problem right? Not to say, hey, just look at my moles and freckles. Just make sure everything looks good. Yeah. So of course, you, you in my think mind, you went for precautionary reasons. <laughs> right. So in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I should have been doing this for myself years ago. But um, a full skin exam um, is super important. Whether or not there is a family history of any type of skin cancer, if you are very freckly or very moly, or definitely if you've noticed any type of change in your skin then you come see me I kind of look head to toe 
at anything that you feel like is changing or is bothersome. Um, you know, make sure moles and freckles look okay. Make sure there's no rashes. Um, a lot of times people have what we call uh, pre-cancer, which is actinic keratosis, which are like little flat pink, a little bit scaly. Sometimes that can be bothersome. A lot of times you see those on the sun exposed areas. Um, and, and most of the time people admit to not doing sunscreen like they should. And yeah, I'm especially human. in the summer. Right. And I tell them, look, I'm human. I don't do a very good job at it myself. I'm being honest. Um, a lot of times people forget to put it on their scalp and to put it on the tops of their ears. You see a lot of precancers, you know, more so on the older gentlemen, maybe that are farmers. I see that a lot. Um, people are still doing tanning beds, you know, and that's, that's just oh, yeah, the horrible fake, for your skin. Yeah, the young girls coming in and they say, oh, I'm still laying in the tanning bed. I'm like, don't do that. You're you're increasing your risk for a melanoma. So I talked to them about, you know, the fake tan, you know, a, a tan in a bottle or go get an airbrush, you know, spray tan at Suntan City. That's, you know, that's better on your skin than laying in a tanning bed. Yeah, the bottle's better than the bed. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, so, yeah, those of us that that struggle, at least historically, with uh, with rashes and moles and things like that, about how often would you recommend them come in for an annual, well, or maybe more than annual checkup? <laughs> well, it kind of depends. So if they're, if there's no big history of cancer for that patient or for their family, and, you know, they're not super moly or freckly, they can go every two to three years um, for a skin check. If there is something going on with them the day that I see them, you know, say I remove something and send a pathology or I freeze a precancer or, you know, their mom has a big history of a skin cancer, then I would suggest they come in at least once a year for skin gotcha. checks. They may yeah. miss you too much if they go two or three years between visits with you, Christy. I know. Well, you know, honestly, I've had a lot of patients say, you know what, I prefer coming in at least once a year. And I'm like, well, I'm I'm certainly fine with that. You know, yeah. you're, that's that's fine by me. Yeah, I'll be glad to see you every, every year. That's yeah, bring, absolutely fine. Bring in donuts, coffee. We can have a little powwow. That's right. We'll have a little chit chat. I'll look at your skin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We can catch up on life in general. But, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Sounds good to me. Yes, indeed. But uh, yeah, not, not too many of us put on sunscreen like we should in the summertime either. Not, none of us are perfect, Christy, but you and I are just closer to it than most people. There you go. <laughs> we'll just say that. <laughs> it ain't bragging if it's a fact. There now, you, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, precancers, and um, no doubt you see a number of skin cancers in your um, your office on a regular basis. So talk about the, uh, the types of skin cancer that you most uh, commonly see and, and treat and the hardships that can result from them if... Um, left undetected for a long time sure sure so the 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 precancers um if those aren't treated um they can continue to grow and get a little bit you know thicker scalier more tender and they change into a squamous cell skin cancer um and those can be anywhere on the body basal cell skin cancers are the most common that i see um 
a lot of times they start off as almost like a pimple that just will not go away. It just will not heal up. Sometimes it can bleed. Um, again, those can be anywhere on the body. Um, and then the big daddy is melanoma. Big daddy. Um, the big daddy melanoma. And that can, that can look like several different things that can look like, you know, just a changing little dark freckle. It can be a big patch of dark brown and black scaliness. It can be, you know, a small, you know, reddish brown crusty lesion. You know, there's not a definitive picture of what a melanoma looks like. It's always so a different tell, breed. Right. And I always tell my patient, if, if it's something that looks abnormal to you or me, then I'm going to check it. I'm going to take a little piece of it and send it to pathology just to rule out anything dangerous. There you go. So when in doubt, go see Christy. That's right. You <laughs> yes, can see indeed. That's right. And, uh, and gosh, if like, like we said, if, if left undetected, gosh, those could lead to other spots and uh, other complicated yes. situations. And, you yes. know, you're, you're just... <laughs> you're always better off being safe and sorry. And if it is something that, uh, that needs attention, attend to it now rather than later. That's right. <laughs> you call me and come on in and I'll take a look at it. Exactly. Let's, <laughs> let's get her done. Now, no doubt. Um, speaking of those, you know, items that look like little pimples, um, mm -hmm. you know, a number of your patients are inconvenienced. I know by, pesky acne on their forehead, face, and, and other parts of the skin. So, uh, Christy, what are the most frequent causes of such breakouts? Um, I would say hormonal. And those that are just more like greasy, grimy. <laughs> um, that brings you know, the back. A lot of times, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, most, most of the acne patients are, you know, the younger, you know, the early teens where their hormones are changing. They're into sports, so they stay kind of more oily. Um, so the, the best and easiest way to kind of combat acne is to make sure you're washing your face and you've got to do it morning and night. If you feel greasy and grimy, then wash your face. Yeah. Don't be um, afraid to scrub. Exactly. Um, and then a, um, a retinol product helps to kind of shrink your pores down super tight. So nothing can get in there and pack it, thus causing a, you know, another breakout. Um, and a lot of times you need more of a, what I call a topical, that you put all over your face morning and night to kind of clean out your pores and minimize the bigger redder pimples. Um, it's kind of antibacterial. There you so go. A lot of times I just, just start with those three steps, wash your face, do a topical and do a retinol. Now, if and I always say this isn't an overnight, you know, clearing process, it takes several months. So usually I have them come back in about three to four months to see how they're doing um, sometimes you need an oral antibiotic to help get you over a big, huge flare. Um, if you have a lot of, of cystic acne, um, that's just not clearing up. If you already have a lot of scarring on the face or the body, then we talk about Accutane, which is the oral medication, um, that you take to help control the acne. There you go. So depending on the severity, what the uh, situation is, you know, there's cream and there's pills. So, 
yes. uh, a variety of solutions that uh, Christy may prescribe for you. And, you know, a lot of that just comes with being young. I know when I first started um, getting pimples back in the day, mom was like, well, it's just part of being a teenager. So. Yeah, I mean, part of it, I would say, yeah, just being a greasy, grimy teenager and being a hormonal. <laughs> <laughs> that brings to mind the song I used to sing when I was little, but I better not sing it here because, you know, it it might grow oh, some people oh. out. But <laughs> but anyway, it was a song that went around a lot of the school buildings back in the, back gotcha, in the day. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you, you may know it, but uh, anyhow, we'll save that for a later date. But in many cases, Christy, I know that you as a dermatologist are able to put an end to dreadful hair loss. So uh, mm -hmm. who would be, in your mind, the most promising candidates for hair loss treatments? And uh, how might you resolve this problem? So younger patients um, are kind of, how do I put it, almost easier to treat. With older patients, you know, a, a lot of the hair loss comes with age. Um, there are different um, blood tests that, that I can order, um, especially with the females, um, looking at their vitamins and their iron. Because sometimes if those are off, then they can do um, oral supplements and that will help to kind of strengthen the hair follicle and kind of help stimulate it to push out another strong piece of hair. Um, you know, same, same thing with men. Um, we can always check um, some blood work. Thyroid is a big issue um, with hair loss, but there are also medications that people take that sometimes cause their hair to thin out and fall out. There's, you know, big stressors, big sicknesses in your life can kind of halt the progression of, of the cycle of the hair, kind of pause it, if, you know, for, you know, even up to six, to, six months to a year sure. um, before it kind of, um, starts that cycle back up again which that's called telogen effluvium telogen um, effluvium i have telogen, added a yes. new word to my vocabulary there you go <laughs> we like to we like to call it te because For it short. is kind of you know a strange strange wording um of course alopecia um you know that's with the hair loss um there are one of one of the I always say one of the easier and cheapest routes to take when you're having thinning hair, whether you're a man or a woman, is to use Rogaine. Rogaine is now over the counter, so it's easy to get your hands on it. Right, um, so you don't need to prescribe that. No, no, it used to be prescription only, but for the past few years now, you can get it over the counter, um, and you do that twice a day. And I prescribe it twice a day for six months. So that's about how long it really takes. For you okay. to notice any change so if she were um, prescribing it she'd suggest twice a day for six months so right <laughs> i'll keep right. that in mind yeah yeah and then yeah. there are prescription strengths topical solutions or shampoos that have steroids in those um there are now some new oral medications um that are available for um not so much for just thinning hair but those that have truly lost hair you know actually have like that patchy baldness there are now new oral medications to help regrow hair that are that are pretty promising i have a few patients on that now yeah so that'll help fill it in in the 
the certain spots that that may be bare. Now I know uh, I know historically it seems like um, there are more successful treatments for uh, women's hair loss than than men's hair loss. At least that's what I, that's the impression I get. Yeah, because like I said mo- most of the time with the females, you know, we can relate a lot of it to our hormones. Um, and then, you know, that can be easily fixed with, like I said, the supplements or, you know, thyroid medication, um, you know, the, the Rogaine that you get over the counter used to come, well, I think it still may as a men's strength and a women's strength. And I always say, go for the men's strength. It's a 5% minoxidil the Rogaine. You, you've got to do the 5%. Don't even go over into the women's aisle and grab, grab the women's strength. I think it's maybe just a two or two and a half percent. I say, I'll just go, go and get the men's strength. We need that stronger strength for our hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're a man, go man's strength. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but good to know there are, um, you know, solutions out there. Although when I started thinning, I know uh, somebody told me, well, you know, Sam, if you have a, a, a full head of hair, then that means that uh, you're trying to hide something. And if you, you know, if you're thinning, <laughs> And uh, you're going bald, and you know that means you got nothing to hide. So, oh, that's funny. <laughs> so you know, that's one way to look at it, I suppose. Yeah, I guess, so, I guess so. <laughs> so you know, but there are certain times when you just really want that full head of hair. And sure, Christy sure. Watson is still. Uh, she is at your service for those particular instances. Now. Um, Tell us, Christy, when and where we can find you here in Henderson. So I am on Starlight Drive. I'm in the same building with Orthopedic Associates. Uh, when you come in the front door, my um, offices are located to the left-hand side of the building. And we are there Monday through Thursday. I start seeing patients at 7.30, and I see my last patient at 3.30. Um, so I'm usually out the door between 4.30 and 5. So 7.30 to 3.30 is when you can schedule appointments. And um, you're in the same office all four days, correct? Right. Yes. I'm only located in Henderson. I, I do not go to the Evansville office anymore. I'm strictly Henderson. Okay. Yeah. You used to s- split your time between Henderson and Evansville for a time, didn't you? Well, I did all my training in Evansville, and then we opened this office here in Henderson in April. So in April, I came straight here and have just been in Henderson since April. I see. Well, good deal. So here at Henderson, uh, where I am and Christy is, and you can find her real easily there uh, on Starlight Drive. Now, uh, how can folks contact you and schedule an appointment? You can do it through my chart. Um, You can call the... um, the main number is it, it goes to the Evansville office. Right. Um, I, you know, I do have a phone number, obviously, to my office here in Henderson. But sometimes, if that isn't answered quick enough, it rolls over to the Evansville number. And Christy's cell number is two seven zero. No, I'm kidding. I won't do that to you. <laughs> yeah, text me, send me pictures of your skin problems anytime. Day yeah, we can diagnose it from a picture. But uh, anyway, no, go through my charts or uh, you know, give them a a phone call. I will I will list that number in my in my show notes as well, and you can. Uh, Schedule an appointment with uh, Christy Watson and get her autograph too, right, Christy? That's right. Absolutely. There you go. You'll sign them at a very reasonable price. I know you will. Exactly. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but this sure has been uh, fun and informative. But last, certainly not least, 
based on your experience, Christy Watson, what advice would you pass along to uh, those seeking to practice dermatology or practice healthcare in general for that matter? Oh my gosh, it is ever changing. Um, yes, I evolving. Yes, I learn something new every day. Um, you know, the skin is our biggest organ. So if you're wanting to go more into dermatology, then there's lots of things to read and to study and, you know, look at pictures, you know, read up about any type of skin anomaly, the skin cancers. It is a lot, but you just have to constantly stay focused, stay committed and read, read, read. Read, read. Yes, indeed. Just like a, a teacher or two back in the day told me, but there's a reason that, um, they call what you do a practice because you're, you know, you're always making new discoveries, aren't you? Yes. Yes. You're always learning, learning every day. Yeah. But even nurse practitioners don't know everything. <laughs> right. We, we know most of it. No, they know most. They, <laughs> they know most and they grasp onto the rest real quick. There you go. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so, and, uh, you know, plus, you know, on, on the hard days, I've heard a lot of healthcare professionals say, you know, you just got to look at what you're doing and the, the service you're, you're providing to a lot of people that, that, that means a whole lot, even though they may not necessarily tell you all the time how much you mean to them, but, but it's an important right. service. That's right. You, you can feel good about that and knowing that you're improving the lives of a lot of people. Well, uh, Christy, I sure have had fun. I hope you have. I've had a blast. Yes, this, has this is her. Uh, this is her first podcast, ladies and gents, and That's uh, right. I, think, um, I think she got an A plus. Well, thank you, thank so, you. <laughs> and I don't grade easy. No, I'm kidding. But uh, anyway, <laughs> but uh, it sure has been a pleasure talking to you. You have a very merry Christmas. Have you got all your shopping done? Um, I just see some stocking stuffers. Okay, but the majority's done. Yeah. And you need to get my present too. So don't forget that. That's true. Anyway. That's true. I do have to <laughs> anyway, well, <laughs> you take care, Christy Watson. We'll do this again sometime. Yes, it has been super fun. Thank you so much, Sam. Never ever underestimate the importance of your skin. You should value your skin, protect it, give it the loving, caring treatment that it so rightfully deserves. And uh, Christy Watson was thoroughly enjoyable to talk to, so informative. We could learn lots from somebody like Christy Watson. And I will link you, well, I won't link you, it'll be a phone number, but uh, I will give you the phone number in my notes for Deaconess Dermatology so that you can uh, dial that and schedule your appointment to meet with Christy and address anything that concerns you or has given you fits. Uh, skin-related, that is, and I know that she would be delighted to meet with you and assist you in resolving those issues. I had so much fun, like I said, talking with Christy, and I gotta tell you, we didn't mention this before, folks, but Christy is actually off work this week and next week on her Christmas break from the practice, so she actually agreed to be a special guest on Blabbing in the Bluegrass during her Christmas vacation. That, my friends, is pure dedication. So I definitely appreciate it more than she knows because I know that, uh, you know, we all found this very useful and entertaining and enlightening. So uh, there are plenty of other healthcare professionals that also deserve a spotlight. I mean, the possibilities 
are endless. Let's see, so far I've had uh, nurse practitioners with different specializations. I have had a director of radiology, and I have had a pediatrician. So, I mean, who knows what might happen moving forward. But if you'd like to make a recommendation for a healthcare professional that you've heard great things about, or who has uh, assisted you and your family tremendously, well, let me know about this individual, okay? I would be glad to try and spotlight him or her. My email address is bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com. B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com. Or maybe it's not a healthcare professional. Maybe you've got... A great restaurant in Kentucky you'd like to tell me about. A state park. A musician that's making waves across the state and beyond. Or an educator making a difference in the classroom. And uh, gosh, authors? Sports figures? I've featured each of those types of people and uh, definitely open to doing more. So any of those people that uh, may be from Kentucky originally or uh, have a meaningful connection to the state, maybe they've lived here for an extended period of time, even though they weren't born here. Well, let me know about these people. I'm definitely open to considering them for uh, future guest opportunities on this show. And not only can you get a hold of me via email very, very easily, there's also the Facebook page, and I'm there constantly. It's Blabbing in the Bluegrass. Uh, uh, search engine will get you there. Just uh, type in to uh, the Facebook search box there, and it'll get you right to us. You can like and follow the page, and I sure hope you do, because all of the previous shows are right there at your fingertips. We're up over 100 now, so if you're new to the show, you owe it to yourself uh, for the sake of our guests. I'll tell you, they they were gracious enough, and I've been uh, fortunate to interview plenty of great ones. None of them have been bad, I tell you. I've been real blessed in that regard. But uh, anyhow, they are definitely worthy of your ears, so make sure that you uh, listen to previous shows, or even if you caught them and you want to hear them again, feel free to do so because you uh, maybe just enjoyed them so much because (laughs) those folks were just uh, such a delight when they were on the show. And also, we release teasers for future shows generally once a month so you can uh, keep up with future plans. You can make comments. You can leave messages on that Facebook forum as well. Now, when we come back at you next, it'll be 2023. That's hard to believe. But January 4th, Good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, you'll be making your New Year's resolutions, which I know that, uh, well, you'll be making them on the 1st. You'll be starting to attempt to follow them by the 4th, and uh, I know one of those New Year's resolutions will undoubtedly be taking better care of your skin, right? Right? Yes, so as you do that, we will be coming back at you. No show the week of Christmas, which would be next week. We hope that you enjoy it with your family like I will be enjoying it with mine. And uh, we will see you again if we play our cards right in two weeks. But before we call it a wrap for this time around, let's recap our Christmas-themed Bluegrass Brain Buster. A lot of you normally go to parades. I have in the past. I didn't go to a Christmas parade this year. Don't hold it against me. It's one of those things that uh, you can't always make time for if you're in my shoes. But uh, anyway, I've always had a big heart for Christmas parades. I've even uh, participated in some as a youngster. So I wanted to know which city in the state annually hosts the Commonwealth's earliest and largest Christmas parade. That would be 
Owensboro. Yes, indeed. Owensboro is now the fourth largest city in the state. It used to be the third, but Bowling Green recently overtook it as the third largest city. So Owensboro's number four. Owensboro hosts the earliest and largest Christmas parade each and every year. It is annually held the Saturday before Thanksgiving. So this year it was held on November the 19th, and it is also the Commonwealth's largest Christmas parade. And here in 2022, they had their 83rd annual Owensboro City Christmas Parade, meaning that it would have started back in 1940, and it's still going strong. 83rd annual, so we look forward to the 84th annual Owensboro Christmas Parade, the Saturday before Thanksgiving of 2023. So the earliest and largest Christmas parade in the state each and every year belongs to Owensboro. You come on back in the new year for plenty, plenty more bluegrass brain busters, great, great guests. And remember that you can listen and subscribe to the show free of charge via numerous podcast directories, Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify Verbal, we've had those for a while, and recently we've added uh, Boomplay, we've added iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and uh, even a few others. So if we're not yet a part of your preferred podcast directory, email me that, Facebook me that, let me know so that we can make sure that we become part of that directory as quickly as we can. So folks, have a very Merry Christmas. I'm about to go eat my share of those Christmas cookies I've been smelling here over the past hour or so. And until we see you again in the red hot new year, 2023, do me a favor, keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep blabbing in the bluegrass. Cause we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.